This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It is Wednesday night. It's March 30th, 2022. You know what that means. It's time for another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee. My co-host, Paul Zartman, is here, ready to rock and roll. Paul, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Still KOP champion, so, you know. <laughs> I'm I gotta down t- the days. Less than two months, <sighs> May 29th, everything changes for the Kicking Out podcast. Yeah, I know. I'm uh, I'm hoping that uh, it doesn't change with everything. the The big uh, announcement that's coming, hopefully by the end of this week, on our Kicking Out uh, podcast social media. Um, I'm really hoping things don't change because that's gonna suck if they do. Unless. Unless I could tempt you into defending it when battles, Battle of the Belts 2 comes up in April. Mm. Mm. <sighs> we'll I'll see. Let you, I'll let you think on that. I'll let, you, I'll let that marinate with you for a little bit. You've issued the challenge, so now the champ will uh, will debate this. I'm FTR. You're the Unbox. I issued the challenge. Oh, well, then, you know, if we're going to go off of BTE, I've got to turn my back and talk crap about you uh, as you walk out the door. Hey, bring it on. <laughs> if, if in fact, you accept that challenge and I would happen to win the belt for the predictions championship at Battle of the Belts 2, I would still put it on the line to double nothing, triple threat. So. All right. All right. So Austin still has a chance regardless oh, of what happens at Battle that's, of the Belts 2. That's still going down. That's happening. He's still coming right. on the week of. So. All right. That'll be a fun show. Yeah, it will. Yeah, well, will. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. All right. Uh, you ready to dive into tonight's episode? I am ready. I'm ready to rock. Let's do it. All right. Uh, the show starts the same way it always does with uh, JR saying it's Wednesday night. You know what that means? He welcomes on Tony Schiavone and the man in the mask, Excalibur. And we get right into our opening contest of CM Punk versus Max Caster. That was a little bit of a pop. Cold personality yeah. hit by the crowd. The, the crowd in Columbia, South Carolina tonight, the University of South Carolina. They were hot. Home of the Gamecocks. They were hot tonight. Great crowd. That's two weeks in a row. I thought the crowd's been fantastic. It adds such an element to the show. 
when the crowds are great. I mean, that's a, that's a well-known fact for any pro wrestling promotion, but uh, they were hot and CM Punk's kind of becoming the show starter. He is. And this is, it's, it's nice though, because I mean, you get a vet to open the show. He's showcasing young talent as you know, when he's not in a program, he's working with somebody different each and every week. Yes. Yes. And even if he, which most of the time he wins his matches, he's still helping put that talent over. Yes, yes. He, most time he is working with the younger talents, kind of random matches, but they're yeah. always really good. You know, when you're punk on TV, you're going to get a good match. You're going to get a match. The crowd's into it. It's a great way to start the show. So I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for him starting the show. So uh, Caster with uh, another fire um, rap as he makes his way to the ring. Would you... Did you expect the Will Smith reference or no? I I wasn't. I should have because he always puts something pop culture in there. I should have. Um, I did. I was really curious what he was going to say about CM Punk because I thought he could go so many directions. I knew he was going to throw something in there WWE related, and he did at the end with the Z Pack comment. I thought he just he's really clever in his raps, and I I I'm a fan of the acclaimed. I think they are great in the ring. They're entertaining out of the ring. Um, the more of them on the TV, the better. Yeah, I uh, I kind of uh, enjoyed the uh, voice of the voiceless. That that's all I'm going to mention. We're not going to get into everything that followed that. <laughs> but we'll keep, uh, it we'll, keep it <laughs> we'll keep it PG because Max Caster does not. <laughs> um, blurs that edge as close as he can get. To. Yeah, he walks that line. That's for sure. Uh, we start the match with a collar and elbow tie-up. Punk works over the arm. Caster grabs the ropes to force a break. Uh, Punk shoves Caster to the center of the ring, drags him to the mat, locks or looks for the Anaconda Vice, but Caster slides out and regroups. Another lockup with Caster hitting a kick to the midsection of Punk. Caster works over Punk's arm, but Punk knocks him back with a running clothesline, then a cover, but Caster kicks out. Um... I was really surprised. I mean, I know Caster can go, and like we talked about, you know, he's always putting over talent. I still kind of thought this was going to be more of a punk-sided match than it was. It was more down the middle. Um, towards the end of the match, Punk tosses Caster to the corner, goes for a flying knee. Caster rolls out, lifts Punk for a fisherman suplex. Punk slides out, goes for the GTS. Caster rolls out. Chops Punk in the chest and plants Punk with the Fisherman Buster before going for the cover, but Punk kicks out. Caster goes up top. Punk follows him up and unloads some chops to Caster's chest before sending him crashing to the mat with a leaping hurricanrana. Punk sends Caster to the corner, lands a knee, then a bulldog before going for the cover, but Caster kicks out. Punk goes to the apron, goes for the springboard elbow, but Bowens trips him. Caster goes up top, drills Punk with a missile dropkick, then goes for the cover. But Punk kicks out at two and a half. Caster goes back up top, looks for the mic drop. Punk slides out, lines up Caster, goes for and plants Caster with a pile driver, locks in the Anaconda Vice, and gets the tap. Yeah, I really like how Punk's finishing off his opponents lately with the Anaconda, Anaconda Vice and the pile driver instead of the GTS. It makes him yes. feel more special when he does hit it. Because it feels like he hasn't hit it in a while, um, but fun match, like you said, there was it was never in doubt that Punk was going to win, but it was a longer match than I thought it was going to be. Yes, it still makes Matt 
Max Caster looked pretty good, even though I am tired of seeing the acclaim having so many losses on Dynamite and Rampage. But it kind of is what it is, I guess. At least they're getting TV time. Exactly. I mean, you know, these guys are still young enough that it doesn't matter if they're losing right now or not because they're going to be around for a while. And at some point you're going to go, wait, they had a losing record at one point. Right. Right. So uh, entertaining match. Good way to kick off the show. Yep. After the match, Tony Schiavone makes his way down to the ring, asks Punk about the title belt gesture he made following his win last week over Dax Harwood. Punk says he's there for the people and asks the crowd what title what the title gesture means. Punk says he doesn't know who the champion will be next week. It'll either be Adam Cole, Bebe, or he's going to be looking down the barrel at some cowboy shit. Mm-hmm. Punk says he does have a few things that he knows. He has a ton of gray in his beard, and before he leaves AEW, there'll be a whole lot more. Punk says there's a ton of scars on his body, and before his time is up in AEW, there'll be a whole lot more. Punk says before his time in AEW is over, He'll be world champion. Punk celebrates on the top turnbuckle before making his exit. Yeah, I thought it was interesting in that promo. He said, I don't know who's going to be champion a week's time from now. Then I was sitting here. Did he screw up that line? Uh, did he mean to say that? Is is Cole going to go get Hangman here sometime in the next week? Like I was a little confused. And then as the promo went on, it made more sense. Uh, I, I, I'm stay, standing by my, word, my, my prediction last week. I think it's Punk versus Hangman a double or nothing for the title. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Even though Adam Cole looked good with that, that gold around over his shoulder tonight. So so you think it's going to be Adam Cole versus Hangman at Battle of the Belts 2? I do. Yep. Where Hangman will win and then go on. I do. Yep. That's 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 my prediction okay. as of March uh, 30th. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what happens because if they uh, don't put those two in a match together, a battle for the belts, I might accept your challenge. I just think I don't know how they can prolong that rivalry clear till double or nothing. And that would be a rare case of getting back to back or having back to back main events or back to back world title matches at the pay-per-views be the same. Um, I don't think we've ever seen that before. We saw Moxley Omega at Winter is Coming and then at Revolution 2021, but full gear was Moxley against Kingston before Winter is Coming. So we've never seen pay-per-view to pay-per-view two main events. Or does does Punk challenge at Battle for the Belts lose and then we see Hangman versus Adam Cole? Could I would be surprised if that's the direction they go. I just feel like Hangman against Punk, big time in Vegas. That that will sell some tickets. Not that they really need to sell any more tickets. I think they're pretty close to a sellout at T-Mobile Arena, anyways. But that'll yeah. help. Yeah. Uh, next, we cut backstage with MJF, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler alongside Alex Marvez. Alex asks MJF why posters of Wardlow are being put up around the arena. MJF tells Alex not to say Wardlow's name anymore. MJF says the Pinnacle are about to stack up some wins now that the big doof is out of the way. MJF says FDR will be the asinine boys, and next week Sean Spears has an easy dub against Sean Dean. Dax says he doesn't know what's going on between MJF and Wardlow, but he and Cash are friends. But so is Wardlow and whatever is going on between them. They don't want to be in the middle of it. 
MJF says they're family and he'd never do that to them. MJF says Wardlow used to talk a bunch of crap about them. MJF puts his hand in the middle. FDR reluctantly follows suit. And MJF says, when you're in the pinnacle, you're always on top. MJF awkwardly smiles as we head back to the ring for our next matchup. I like how they brought up the flyers with Wardlow on it because yeah. you know, it was very noticeable during the opening match and commentary even kind of brought it up too. Um, loved FTR's NWO inspired gear tonight. I don't think there's ever been a faction in wrestling or I should say a logo in wrestling that's been more replicated than the NWO logo. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I mean, you've got the original NWO, then you've got the Wolfpack, then you've got Blue World Order, then you've got... Well, I'm even saying <laughs> just inspired, goes on and inspired on. gear over the years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, heck, even on our uh, our KOP uh, merch store, I create a theme. It's not identical, but it's it, I took the concept of the NWO logo and made a KOP one. So you can, you can buy that if you want, if you want to in all different colors, I got black and white, I got red and black, got red and white. So um, got green, green and white. If, if, if a little got green some and white blue color. on there, got some blue and white, a little BWO there. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed that. And I, I, I'm liking the seeds being planted more for FTR face turn. Um, and and I, I did like Max making up that Warlow. You just talk crap behind your guys' back just to make sure FTR is still on his side for a little longer. Yes, at Good least stuff. through the the majority of the Wardlow feud. Good good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, up next, we've got John Moxley versus Jay Lethal, and uh, I've got a comment that I'll make later on and kind of referencing back to this match. So. Um, to start it off, Lethal offers a handshake. Moxley slaps it away, and this one gets underway after a takedown attempt by Lethal. Moxley tosses Lethal out of the ring. Moxley chases. Lethal slides back in the ring. Moxley gets back in, and this kind of goes throughout the whole match. It's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The, it was a great matchup between these two. Uh, as we get towards the end of the match, um, Moxley uh, lost myself here. Lethal goes up top. Moxley avoids a dive, looks for the paradigm shift, lands a knee, readjusts, and look for it again. But Lethal kicks him back, looks for a lethal injection. Moxley counters with a sleeper hold. Lethal slides out, lands a brain buster. Lethal goes back up top, drills Moxley with a flying elbow drop, which was a really long distance. And he drop. didn't hit that cleanly. The camera angle no. is not good on that. He kind of bounced no. into it. Camera angle was a little a little uh misleading on some of the uh throughout the night on some of the um airborne attacks off the turnbuckle. Yes, absolutely. Um but nonetheless they counted as landing the flying right, elbow drop. Right. Goes for a cover. Moxley lifts the shoulder as he kind of rolls at two and a half. Lethal goes for the figure four. Moxley rolls him up. Lethal kicks out. Moxley plants Lethal with the paradigm shift for the one, two, three. After the match, Moxley offers up his hand to Lethal, who accepts and shakes the former AEW World Champion's hand. Lethal exit. Moxley celebrates as the crowd sings his theme song, and we move into a video package highlighting Marina Shafar. Commentary runs down the rest of tonight's card, and we head to a commercial break. Very, very fun match. 
Uh, crowd was hot. Crowd loves John Moxley's entrance, like always. Um, nice back and forth between the crowd with the "Let's Go Moxley, Let's Go Lethal" chant. Jay yes. Lethal's got a strong fan base. I mean, this is a guy who held the ROH title for over seven hundred days. Um, got he's got a big match coming up at Friday's ROH event. That's what I liked what Tony did tonight was put a lot of people who are going to be on the ROH card on tonight's Dynamite. I thought that was brilliant booking by him. Um, yeah, there was a point in tonight's match. I don't remember the exact point. It was after Lethal hit one of his moves. I thought he had the three count. Moxley oh, kicked yeah. out at like two and three quarters. And, and that was going to shock me because – I really knew there was no way Moxie was going to lose this match, but a uh, very entertaining right. match still made lethal look strong. And I like how they're using lethal more on, on TV now. Oh, absolutely. They, they need I, to, they need to use them all the time. Yeah. I mean, he's 10 and three and most of those have come on darker elevation, right? No, it's that time just to get him on TV. Yeah. Get him talking like the macho man. <laughs> BTE reference. Or yeah. impact reference. A little bit of both and the flying elbow tonight. Yes. I wish yes. I could. I, I can't get in the mood to do my Macho Man. I, I feel like I'll beef it if I give it a try tonight, so I'm not going to give it a try. Maybe, maybe I, next week. I beef it every time, but I'll, I'll still always... give it a try. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> macho Man. Oh, yeah. There you go. Not bad at all. Yeah, I'm better off camera. I'm better off camera <laughs> when I got a little prep time. But uh, okay. No, I love okay. the I love the call outs to Randy Savage. Nick Jackson's doing some of that too, so it's all yep. always a good time. Absolutely. Um, you know, we saw an FTR promo tonight uh, earlier, and then we'll I'll get to the other one. I didn't hear any heart references. Any greatest of all time no. references. But there was one on, on Dan Housen's vlog this week. Okay. See, I haven't watched Dan Housen's so, yet. With FTR. So they're definitely leaning into it, even if it's not going to happen. They, they see the Twitter buzz, and they're leaning into it. So, All right. Yeah. All right. Well, and, Brett, and Brett lost, um, I believe it was his niece. Not too long ago. Oh, okay. So, so the family is might have been a stuff. So might have been a change in direction there. Could, could be, could be. Well, I, th I still, I still think too much is being planted there. I, it's not by mistake. So, right. Something to keep an eye on. I agree with you there. Uh, speaking of FTR, we'll just continue talking about FTR the rest of the that's, podcast. That's fine by me. Because <laughs> now it's time for FTR versus the Gun Club. Ass and boys. of course, ass boys. Billy's sons. <laughs> of course, dad comes down to the ring with them. Um, so this is immediately a three-on-two match, regardless of how you want to look at it. Uh, and then and in AEW, I can't take Billy Gunn seriously as a heel. No, I don't know why. I just can't. Since he's been in AEW, I just can't do it. Every time I look at him, I just keep waiting for him to turn around and kind of shake his back end at me, and you know, waiting for. Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess it's because that's how we grew up. Well, more me yeah. than you, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I and I, I saw him as a heel in WWF, WWE, uh, Impact. Or TNA impact, whatever you want to call it, and that was that fit him well. It just seems like AW. He just 
It's because his sons. Yeah. It's because of his sons. That's that's really all there is. His sons are good at heels. I mean, they're annoying, especially Austin. My goodness, tonight with his uh, shooting motion, he was on. He was on top of it tonight. Yes. Yes. Uh, MJF comes out, joins commentary, doesn't go ringside because you know you put a mic in front of MJF, he's happy. Although he and after this match. I want to talk about MJF a little bit. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Glad you brought it up there because I was just about to break into yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the match starts off with Dax and Colton. Colton shoves Dax aside, celebrates before making the tag to Austin. Dax and Austin lock up. Austin works over the arm, trips Dax, and walks across Dax's back before celebrating. Uh, Dax makes the tag to Cash. He and Austin lock up. Cash with a takedown. Locks up the arm while mocking Austin's previous celebration. Cash with a pair of arm drags. Colton gets in the ring, but Cash tosses him right back out before making the tag to Dax, who takes his forearm across Austin's face. Dax tags Cash right back in. Austin rolls out of the ring and recovers. Cash follows Austin out, drills him with a chop to the chest, tosses Austin back into the ring. Colton trips Cash and... Hold on. I just clicked the wrong button there. <laughs> uh, it's always nice when you go to click somewhere and it just jumps down. Always. Uh, tosses Austin back into the ring. Colton trips Cash and Billy Gunn clocks him with a clothesline on the outside as Austin and Colton continue the attack and we head to a commercial break. Now, this says clothesline, but I'm pretty sure that was a closed fist punch. It sure looked like it if it wasn't. Yeah. Um, towards the end of the match, we get back to the ring. Dax trips Colton off the apron, rolls up Austin. Austin holds his tights, but Austin kicks out or and holds Austin's tights, but Austin kicks out. Billy grabs Austin's arm. Austin tries to attack Dax from behind. Cash leaps over Dax and Austin to knock Billy off the apron. Dax and Cash hit the big rig on Austin. Dax makes the cover and FTR gets the win. Yes, a fun way to end it. Uh, I love the big rig as a finisher. Oh, that is a great move. Not only am I looking forward to the day when Wardlow power bombs MJF, I'm looking forward to they. It, I hope they have this happen. FTR hitting the big rig on MJF. Yeah, and I've got to say, it's no longer hashtag FTR for me. It's just FTR. Now they're fun. I mean, they've always been great. Uh, I they've I'm, grown on me. In, in, okay. In a, in, okay, fair enough. And, and I really want to see him in, in this babyface role. I think that'll be an interesting twist. I think that's what's finally got me is the, the way they're doing everything. You know, before we didn't get a lot of TV time with them. Their promos right. were on Twitter and things like that. And as somebody who's terrible at keeping up with Twitter, <laughs> I miss a lot of things. So you'd send right. me something and I'd be like, oh, okay. So why is this happening? And then it's like, oh, well, this video before that. And then the one before that. And I'm sure the the seeds seeds and the, and the plans were already already there for face term before this happened. But uh, uh, oral sessions, Renee Paquette's podcast, she had both these guys on, and especially with Dax's, he opened up about a lot of things and got even a little emotional. And and Cash opened up about a lot of things. It was hard not to root for those guys after hearing those podcasts. I wonder if that had anything to do with this decision too, to turn them face because, and they are good dudes on Twitter. Like most wrestlers are, even if they're playing heels online. I mean, I mean, Dax is a big family man with his daughter and, and his wife. And then he's always loving Bret Hart too. Um, and so it's a, 
it's hard not to root for these guys when you see how they are outside the ring. All right, I'll, I'll go give Oral Sessions a listen. No, that's another one. You know, put on your list. Yeah, those. <laughs> I mean, she, I've listened to a, a few of hers, but I haven't made it to FTR. You need to go, yet. go, go listen to those two. They're really good. Um, and this this week, she uh, the latest one she interviewed was Johnny Gargano. That was a good one too. Ah. Gargano, that was a good one. Which I I hope we see him be all elite sometime in the near future. Um, but uh, MJF, MJF, he's been a hot topic around AEW World this week. Yeah, little, little friction it sounds like between him and the boss man Tony Khan. Um, over an appearance he made uh, an interview he did with uh, Ariel Hilwani, and which I guess Tony Khan's heat was he never checked with AW's PR staff. He never ran this through right before he appeared on the interview, which that's what you're supposed to do as AW talent before you go on interviews, get permission from the HR staff, and then you're good, or PR staff, not HR, PR staff, then you're good to go. He didn't do yeah. that. And I guess from Fightful Select's reporting, MGF's beef is his contract. His contract ends early 2024. That's not news. He he makes that known even in his promos. It's going to be the bidding war between AEW and WWE, and I really think it's going to be. And supposedly he wants more money. He's irritated that some of these talents that have come in after him are making more money than him. And really, I, I get his point. I mean, the guy has all the talent in the ring, the best on the mic, always in main event feuds, getting TV time. Why not pay the guy what he wants? Why would you even want to take the chance of losing him in a couple of years? Yeah, yeah. You already lost one big star. <laughs> even, even though supposedly now it's being reported, he got the same money from WWE as he was getting offered in his final offer from AEW. So that there's more to it, his, than money. But MGF sounds like it might come down to money. Mm. It does seem I, like they're back on the same page. They are good friends, so it sounds like they've had another conversation and went over pretty good. But um, kind of like just, you and I, yeah, <laughs> yep. So I, I just think that's your that's your franchise player going forward, and you got to do whatever you yeah. can to keep them keep them happy. Yeah. Uh, one thing I didn't mention during the match is uh, Wardlow showed yes. up. Yes. Destroyed some security guards. That table didn't break too well, but hey, the popcorn's on that guy tonight. Yep. <laughs> and uh, finally, once he gets ringside, there's like, as MJF said, like 15, 20 guys on him. He wasn't breaking free from that. And he gets escorted out, um, which leads to post match. After FTR wins, MJF gets into the ring to celebrate with FTR. Dex smacks MJF's arm away and is visibly upset about MJF having Wardlow removed. MJF calms them down and hoists their arms in the air before exiting. Uh, then we make our way into a video package for Friday's edition of Rampage as we will see Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee. Um going back to Warlow, that's one thing they're doing right. Perfect. Um, that build for Warlow has been fantastic. The build for this feud with MGF has been great. That loss to Scorpio Sky didn't hurt him. I know a lot no. of people were freaking out, like how can, even though I think they would have been freaking out also if Scorpio would have lost for different reasons, but they're freaking out how, you know, have Warlow lose like that, take the pen, blah, blah, blah. That didn't hurt him. It added more to the story. Um yeah. I mean, I'm intrigued to see how he's got to get into the arena every week. How's he got to try to get at MJF? Loving the power bombs. That crowd's hot for Wardlow. I mean, 
I don't know if there's too many people in AEW more over than Wardlow right now. The crowd wants to see him powerbomb MJF, and when he does, it's going to be great. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm I'm waiting for Tony to retweet a tweet he made when Wardlow signed up, which is Wardlow is all elite. Yes, because they have taken him off the roster on the website too. Yeah, so if Tony if Tony brings that back and puts him back on the roster as all elite, then I think there's your ticket in. Yep, that's a good so, point. I think we'll get there, but I think it's going to be a few weeks before we do. Yeah, this is definitely a double or nothing match. No, no, oh, no way around it. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. And and then the the FTR stuff was good afterwards. Like you said, more seeds being planted for their face turn. Of course, I don't think Dak said things that the FCC would have approved of, but rarely hey. does. Rarely does. But uh, yeah. and Dax and in in the crowd pop big for the the Friday's rampage match. Keith Lee, Paris Hobbs. Oh boy, that's gonna be a good one. Yeah, and I'm surprised that Tony's still running Rampage Friday night with ROH Supercard. Well, it was uh, it was a thing he said. You know, if if he could do it over again he wouldn't have Supercard being on that Friday night, but the tickets were already sold, so he wanted to honor that to the fans and give the fans the best show he could. So he's going to try to put on two really good shows, he said, but don't expect that in the future for both of the shows to go against each other. And then he followed it up with, and we will never run a show during Mania Week. (laughs) (laughs) Just cracks me up. Tony cracks me up. Yeah, I mean, he... uh, he doesn't want his talents doing independent shows on Mania Weekend, but John right. Rock is going to be on GCW this weekend. So exactly, he kind of gets a pass. <laughs> others don't. So I, I could see some frustration from some talents there over that. But I also understand where Tony's coming from. So right. it goes kind of both ways. But yeah, it's uh, going to be a fun Friday night of wrestling. That's for that's for damn sure. Yeah, uh, this is when I wish I had picture in picture, <laughs> true picture in picture, not right. TBS picture in picture. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, back from the break, we go backstage to the Jericho Appreciation Society. Jericho says for the past three weeks, JAS has been the most revolutionary thing in all of sports entertainment. And when he calls himself the influer, influencer, it's not a catchphrase or a gimmick. It's the truth. Jericho says everyone wants to be in JAS, but it's not happening. And to anyone who wants to join, uh, they can uh, GFY. Daniel Garcia. It works now that he's a heel. He tried to get that going when he was a baby yeah. a few months ago. That wasn't working at all. So. No. Uh, Daniel Garcia references last week to any pro wrestler who thinks they can hang with true sports entertainers. Once again, we call out Santa, Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. We make reference to, oh, they're not back here. They're not back here. They're not back here. Boom. Out of nowhere. They were uh, back there. Can, can we call them LAX yet? It's coming. Or are they just still quite well, powerful? Yeah, because LAX, actually, I think Impact owns that name. Okay. Uh, I think. I'm not 100% sure, but I got – you can talk about the rest of the segment because I got a theory on what's going to happen next. All right. Uh, they brawl throughout the backstage area and back to the ring. Kingston has Jericho in the ring, wallops him with an overhand right. Kingston chases Garcia, holds – him down and Santana drills him with a knee. Hager comes out of nowhere, takes out Santana, Ortiz, and Kingston. JS go on the attack and Jericho beats down Kingston with a baseball bat. JS celebrates and we head backstage 
to Jade Cargill, which we'll get to after this from Tanner. I was surprised that JS went over Kingston and Proud, Proud and Powerful tonight. I thought they'd get the upper hand, but since they didn't, it's a numbers game. It's five on three. I think we're going to see two more people join them. I don't know who exactly. Hernandez is a free agent. Maybe they bring him in. Could they bring a, a Homicide in? Um, I mean, maybe, I guess. He's he's done some some things with AEW in the past. Uh, I don't know exactly who, but I feel like they're going to add two more people, even if it's just for like a one-off to get even with the JAS. Okay. I'm all for that, too. Yeah, I think uh, it makes sense. I was just I was surprised. They had JS get the upper hand on him tonight. Yeah, yeah, I was too. Uh, so backstage, we've got Tony Schiavone joined alongside Jade Cargill and Smart Mark Sterling. Mark brings in Leva Bates, who will gladly fight Jade for her 30th win. Leva Bates on TV. I was happy for that. It's yeah, been that, a while. That's nice to see for her, for sure. Yeah. Um Jade yells at Mark and says her 30th win won't be a joke and tells Leva to leave, to which she obliges. Mark says the other option is Marina Shafir. Shafar. Jade agrees and says she's going to go take care of her baddie section. And we cut back to the ring where Wheeler Yuta is ready. And Brian Danielson makes his way to the ringside alongside William Regal, who will join commentary for the next match. That made sense why they did the little vignette about her earlier in the show. Because I thought that was really random. Yeah. But it makes yeah. sense that now now knowing that she's going to be Jade's 30th opponent. Right. Uh, so, Brian Danielson, William Regal. William Regal is the manager of the team. Uh, I can't think of the name of him right now. Blackpool Combat Club. There we go. You got it. But didn't come out with Moxley. Yeah. I I was thinking <laughs> even though Moxley fought his match earlier tonight, he would still maybe come out, but he didn't. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, Danielson starts with a headlock. Yuta slides out. Danielson presses Yuta against the ropes, lands a forearm to the midsection. Danielson with an arm drag, then works over the arm and hand. Danielson bridges Yuta. Yuta slides out. They stare each other down while laughing. Danielson pushes Yuta to the ropes and slaps him in the face. Danielson runs the ropes, clocks Yuta with a forearm. Danielson tosses Yuta to the corner, lands a bevy of strikes, backs up and goes for the running knee, but Yuta explodes out of the corner with a vicious drop kick. Yuta unloads strikes to a downed Danielson then applies the figure four, but Danielson rolls to the ropes to force a break. And I like how commentary touched on the fact that he had to grab the ropes to break this up, which is something he normally doesn't do because normally he can wrestle out of it. Right, right. And uh, and William Regal is putting Wheeler Yuta over. And yes. His knowledge and expertise are well beyond his years. I like that. I mean, it's making him look strong even in a loss tonight and I think I think he'll be the next member of this combat club eventually. Oh yeah, Yuta sends Danielson to the corner, nails him with a forearm, throws him down to the mat, goes up top, but Danielson kip ups, kips up, and unloads a kick to Yuta's midsection in midair before we head to a commercial break. 
As we come back from commercial break, Danielson's working over Yuta, but Yuta counters and plants Danielson with a German suplex. Yuta latches onto Danielson's back. Danielson gets control back with a front kick, then lands a German suplex of his own before going for the cover, but Yuta kicks out. Danielson takes the eyes and unloads elbows to Yuta's chest. Danielson plants Yuta with a pile driver, locks in the label lock with a headbutt, and Yuta taps out. Now, the one thing that I like is right before we went for the stomps to the head, Yuta just let it all out, just hawked a big one right in his face. Yep, perfect. Ultimate show of, you know, a big F-U. Yep, I, I like the attitude, Wheeler Yuta. He is officially getting away from best friends. Get him away from that group. He's too serious for that group now. This is where he belongs in this scene. Um, I thought this was a match of the night. I really enjoyed it. This was the best I've ever seen you to wrestle. Hey, if you want to wrestle I mean, with the big boys, you got to elevate your game, and he's doing that. Yes, he is. After the match, we see a video package highlighting the feud between Darby Allen and Sting against the Andrade family office. And then out comes Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish, uh, the undisputed elite, as they celebrate their championship titles. Yes, they trademarked that, the undisputed elite. So okay. That is their new uh, new name. It's better than what the, what was it, the, the Paragon or whatever that we thought they were going to yeah. be called. So. Yeah, there was enough reference to that. I thought that's where it was going to go. But luckily, it didn't. <laughs> um, so they cut a nice promo talking about how they took these titles. They didn't steal them. They took them from them, and they were where they belong. Love the um, nameplates on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cole says the celebration won't stop tonight. And then AEW world champion hangman Adam Page's music hits and he makes his way down to the ring in a Tesla. Tesla with JBL type <laughs> bullhorns on it. The millennial cowboy at his finest. I was cracking up. Oh, so was I. Page takes out all three men. They retreat up the entrance ramp before Page can hit the buckshot lariat. Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus attack from behind. They all retrieve their titles, and it's announced that we'll hear from the AEW Women's Champion Thunder Rosa after the break. Yeah, good segment here. Um, I think we're going to get Red Dragon versus Lucha Express, I think, at Battle of the Belts 2. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we'll get that. That's definitely. Uh, I think that's where this all this whole rivalry's get in that battle of the belts too between all these guys, uh, Cole and Heyman included. But um, uh, good stuff. Um, do you think? And it didn't really show tonight. But you think the the uh, oh, what what how do I want to phrase this? You think the steam's kind of wearing off a of Luchasaurus a little bit? Yeah. Because all he does in promos is anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Jurassic, and they are the world tag champs. I get it. And, and Christian Cage is with them. I just feel like they were a hotter item at the beginning of AEW than they are now. Now, Jungle Boy as a true Yes, and which Marco Stunt, <laughs> it was announced by FIFO.com today that FIFO Select that 
Uh, he has been told by Christopher Daniels of AEW uh, Talent Relations that his contract will not be renewed come in May when it's up, which he hadn't been on TV since October. So that comes a no shock. It's, it's that time we're going to see a lot of contracts starting to drop off because of budget concerns, full roster, et cetera. Um, but, you know, at start, it was kind of a cool story. You had the, the um, Jungle Boy, you know, who didn't really talk much and his dinosaur. And but Jungle Boy's risen his status so much. He's got way better promos. Yes. And Dr- yes, he has. And Luchasaurus, I feel like she's just, I mean, great in the ring, but his character besides that just needs something different. Ever since he lost his tail. Take it back to BTE oh, here. That was one of the worst <laughs> they ever did. But watch the timing. That's where everything went downhill with Luchasaurus. You're right. You're right. He stopped doing up. promos. It was all on Marco at that point in time. Jungle Boy a little bit here and there. And then all of a sudden, all we hear anymore is, ah. I just, I don't know. I, I like watching him work in the ring, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I If this goes, if this tag team goes into 2023 for a long period of time i'll be pretty disappointed (laughs) as we come back from break tony shivani is on the entrance ramp the man on the street as he is now being referred to (laughs) as um and he introduces aw women's champion thunder rosa she makes her way out rosa says she's the first ever mexican born wrestler to become a women's champion in a major promotion Rosa said when she joined AEW, she fought and clawed her way to be at the top of the women's division in the company, but she wants to be the face of all of women's wrestling. Rosa said every time that she's at the top, bullies try to knock her down. Rosa said she's going to be a foundation in the company, calling out Nyla Rose. Rosa says there's if she wants to fight, it doesn't matter who she has to wrestle because she wants to wrestle the best in the world and says wherever Nyla wants to fight, she'll be there. Good promo. That's all I really yes. got to say about it. Yeah, I was I, a little taken back. I think there's a few who have um, held titles in other companies that are Mexican-born too, but I could be wrong. Um, so I don't know. I'll have to look into that before I say truth yeah i can't think off the top of my head right now so too Uh, late on a wednesday night yes yes we cut backstage to dax harwood and cash wheeler uh cash says on friday night they'll become ring of honor tag team champions after that they'll become the first ever two-time aw tag team champions dax says they came to aw to build a reputation and they love professional wrestling too much to wait around and be compliance with being number two Dax challenges the Young Bucks to a match to see who really is the greatest tag team in the world. Dax says, top guys out, and we head to the ring for our next match. Well, the Young Bucks have been, uh, haven't been secret about wanting to get those AAA titles and heading to AAA, uh, um, Triple Mania? Does that not sound I, right on top of my head? I don't but know. They want to head into that event later this year as the tag champs, and they're well aware of who has those tag belts in FTR. But, yes, I've wanted this second match to happen since we saw the first one at Full Gear uh, 2020. Uh, yeah, Full Gear 2020. And uh, this one, let's do it in front of a packed house. Let's tear the house down. Let's yes. 
Yes. Yes. I am ready for it. Uh, up next is an Owen Hart Foundation Tournament qualifying match where Bunny makes her way to the ring once again to family office music. I'm just going to cut it short and call it family office music. Uh, and she, her music doesn't even fully cut off before we find out her surprise opponent is none other than Tony Storm. Yes, I thought that's probably who it was going to be. There was a lot of rumors and in the window going around that was going to be her. Crowd pop big time. Um, she's she's got it all. She's total packed. She's got the look. She's got the in ring skill. How WWE let her go, screwed her up at only the age of twenty six, is just baffles me. She got emotional when yeah. she realized how loud that crowd was. Well, and, and I don't. You know, her. you know, a lot of these talents that are coming over from WWE who have got cut. They've went through 90 days of sitting at home, dreaming about their, their debut in AW, you know, thinking about how it's going to go over. <laughs> AW. And then they always get, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they always, then they always get a, a good, good reception. And, and uh, yeah, it's, I mean, we saw Keith Lee didn't, didn't get real emotional, but you could tell he was pumped up. Um, I mean, a lot of the people that come in, you can just tell they're like, wow, this is, this is the place to be. Yeah. Uh, a lot of back and forth action in this match. It, Came out exactly like I knew it was going to. Tony Storm with the win, qualifying as the first woman in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Yeah, um, great signing. I mean, there's so many awesome match combinations they can do with her. Um, hopefully, they. I, I mean, their booking of the women's division definitely needs to improve. I'm yes, it doesn't. But I like the strong roster additions they've been adding lately. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, none better than Tony Storm. No, I mean, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing her move pretty far through this tournament. I'm not going to say she's going to win it. I'm not going to go that far right now. Yeah, we're um, going to get another good one next week. Jamie Hader and Sky Blue. So, yeah, yeah, that one will be good. Yeah, uh, this invitational for the women's and the men's is going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, I hope we get uh, some surprise names in there. Uh, maybe not a whole bunch of new signees per se, but like one or two. I mean, we got Tony Storm. I'm okay with that. If we don't get anybody else in the women's, I'm fine. Give us one in the men's that you didn't see coming, you know, like Samoa Joe, um, something like that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Samoa Joe or Cesaro? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. Cesaro did train in the... Um, Dungeon. dungeon yep so it's so, yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see who who the participants are on the men's side yeah uh backstage nyla rose and vicky guerrero cut a promo against thunder rosa basically saying we'll see you when we see you and it was not really a good promo whatsoever i don't know why vicky pushed away that microphone like she did like i don't need it i'm loud enough no you're not vicky you need that microphone uh, and then Thunder or uh, Nyla's just didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. It's like she totally forgot what she was saying. Yeah, I got to be honest. I didn't pay much attention to uh, those two when they came on TV. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's clear you've got a death wish. I'll be a genie in granite. Abracadabra. Mm. Mm, I don't know. I, yeah, that's that's the gist of it. <laughs> I'm just ready to see the match at this point and move on to the next story. Yes, let's go. Uh, up next, it's main event time as we see 
Darby Allen with Sting, and Andrade El Idolo with Jose, not Jose B, as JR said. <laughs> I don't know uh, if you caught that yeah, or not. Just, no, I didn't, but he just doesn't oh. anymore. He says whatever yeah. comes on his mind, and that's what makes him JR. And we'll kind of get into where he brought that up uh, as we go through this match. Uh, these two tear the crap out of each other before the bell even rings. Yeah, Andrade was ready for him. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andrade drops Darby on the steps. That thing definitely bent. Uh, I think more than anybody was expecting it to. Um, and so uh, referee uh, Bryce Rensberg checks on Darby, urges him to not do this match and uh darby being darby says no we're doing it let's go ring the bell and that's exactly what they did and they got this thing underway a lot of back and forth action i thought after that beat down it was going to be kind of more of an andrade match uh but we saw a lot of good action back and forth between these two uh as we get towards the end of the match here i'm trying to find where i wanted to pick up uh, <laughs> oh, I lost myself again. There we go. See, that's why you can't click too much, Tanner, just so you know. Uh, Andrade grabs his belt, takes off his belt. Rensberg grabs it, tosses it out of the ring. Darby with a low blow, plants Andrade with a cutter before going for the cover. Andrade oh, he did, out he didn't hit two him and a half. Blow. He wrapped the belt around his ankles, pushed him into the turnbuckle. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looked like he was going to go for a low blow. I'm just going off of my notes. I know you're not. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. We'll get into that later. Then he hit the or, yeah. or the stunner. Stunner, excuse me. Stunner, yeah. Uh, yeah, now you made me lose where yeah, I was I'm going sorry. for. Kicks out at two and a half. Andrade kicks out at two and a half. <laughs> Andrade lands a backbreaker, goes for a cover of his own, but Darby lifts his shoulders after a count of two. Andrade puts Darby on the top turnbuckle, follows him up, lifts him. Darby tries to fight back with elbows. Andrade launches them both with a back slam. Darby counters into an arm bar. Jose rushes down to make the save, but Sting takes him out from behind. And this is where JR said, uh, Sting can't be outsmarted by Jose or Jose B. Uh, <laughs> and then the Butcher and the Blade make their way down. Darby goes up top, dives on both of them as well as Jose, rushes back into the ring, but Andrade grabs him, tosses him into the corner with a slam, then nails Darby with the, his patented DDT and gets the win. Post-match, though. <laughs> Post-match, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn of Private Party rushed the ring, and they, alongside Butcher and Blade, attacked Darby and Sting. The Hardys music hits and the Hardys rush down and make the save. Jeff did not stop to dance this time. Uh, <laughs> you know, Matt, Matt Hardy told him to do that. Oh, did he really? Yes. Ah, see, so okay. So even well, though now. it looked goofy, that was brother's instructions. So yeah, and which is probably why it looked goofy because <laughs> he was like, "Oh crap, I'm supposed to stop yeah. and dance, yeah. yeah, not just rush down here and save my brother like Too you would think." No. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Butcher Blade, Jose, and Andrade retreat. Matt and Jeff take out Private Party. Both teams argue from afar as the show goes off the air. As we will see uh, Butcher and the Blade take on the Hardys in a tables match. After last week's 
death-defying jump off the window ledge. Oh, and there was a table in the ring tonight, but Jeff Hardy pushed it out of the way. I thought they were going to set it up, and someone's going to get I, through it, but he pushed him out of the way, so nobody ran into it. Yeah, I was kind of open, so, but Matt kind of looked hesitant there for a second, so yeah. I don't know if that had something to do with it or not. Uh, good match, though. I like Andrade getting the win, and him, you know, not playing by the rules to get it. He needed a good win like this because he hadn't had really a big win in the company since they brought him in. And uh, Darby right. doesn't get too many losses, but this doesn't hurt him because he lost, you know, via cheating. And then um, his buddies came in for a save afterwards. Right when the Hardy Boys, Hardy Brothers, I'm going to call them not Hardy Boys, Hardy Brothers music hit. Place went bananas like they have been everywhere. The guys are still as over as they were in the early 2000s. And um, fun way to end the show. Absolutely fun way to end the show. So, uh let me ask you, I mean, you kind of already hinted at it, but uh, your match of the night. My match of the night was uh, Brian Danielson and, and Wheeler Ida. Uh, when that was announced today by Tony Khan, I was like, all right, this is going to be a fun one. It's another another uh, layer to the story of the Blackpool Combat Club, and I really enjoyed it. I'm right there with you. That I mean, just sitting there watching that. You know, last time we saw Ida on TV in any type of singles action, it was a squash match. It lasted less than five minutes, probably less than three minutes, honestly. And I think it was against Wardlow, and he got uh, powerbombed a few times, and that was that. So to see this type of uh, wrestling from him tonight, I was all for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of good candidates for wrestler of the night, and a lot of them on the losing end. I mean, um, yeah, Jay Lethal and, and, and Wheeler Yuta could be two candidates they're on the losing end but i'll, I'll let you pick first your wrestler of the night. oh man you had to yep. well i'm gonna go wheeler yuda i mean the kid impressed me tonight i never thought in 2022 that i would be picking wheeler yuda as a wrestler of the night and then he delivered like he did tonight yep i should I should go andrade because he got a big win it was over darby who's a who's a star in the company the main event but i'm going to the new lady who is all elite, Tony Storm. Got a win over the bunny in her, de- in her debut. Moves on in the Owen Hart Invitational. Um, just awesome debut for her. It's, it couldn't have gone better, I don't think. All right. Uh, well, now it's your turn to pick first. Your rating for tonight's show. Yeah, fun show. Um, I didn't have high hopes during the day until TK started rolling out the matches. I'm like, all right, this is going to be a stacked card. Um, oh, I'm going back and forth between two ratings. Go in the middle then. Seven and a half. All right. I, uh, I'm i a little bit lower than you at a seven tonight. Right. I was between seven and eight, so it's a seven and a half. Yeah. Uh, those camera angles just did it for me. Yeah. Uh, the Nyla Rose promo was not needed, and it was probably the worst segment of the show. Yeah. Um, and now anytime Vicky's on my TV, I'm not going to watch it since I've <laughs> now been referred to as the male version of Vicky Guerrero. Thank you very much, Tanner. You're welcome. <sighs> I'm going to put that out an overlay on one of these weeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, I'll, no, I'll it, just come on and go, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, see, you already got it down. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, there's some definitely some things I could gripe about, but a lot of the in ring work I really enjoyed tonight. Um, 
I'm already looking forward to the next big event, the Battle of Belts 2, and on the road to double or nothing. All right. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing this tournament fill out on both the women's and the men's side, as well as Battle of the Belts 2 and the road to double or nothing. I got a couple questions for you as we wrap All up. Right. Uh, All right. Some pertain to AEW, some just wrestling in general. Um, Sammy Guevara, Tay Conte, getting a lot of heat <laughs> on the web, especially for last week. Are we going to get them as heels soon? Yes. Yes, we are. I think they need to lean into it like Edge and Lita did. Yeah. Back in the day. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, not quite. I don't want to say quite as far as the well, the yeah. in-ring scene in the bed. Sure, sure. I think we got close enough with that, with uh, the the image that was used for our podcast episode last week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that was close enough. But yeah, I think they need to just slowly lean into this and slowly turn heel. Well, because, I mean, they're saying they don't care, you know, they're, they're flaunting in everybody's face. Baby faces shouldn't be doing that. I mean, it's on record. No. Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and Anna J date in real life. They never bring it up. They don't even flaunt it on wow. social media that much. <laughs> well, Maybe once in a while, but not that much. Not like Sammy and Tay. So, yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, you know, and Anna normally is the one who's normally the guilty party here. Um, yeah. And that's not anything against her. No, no. It's um, fine. But, but, you know, I mean, like when Max Caster. Subtle. Yeah, well, unless, you know, Max Caster says that he's never touched a woman and Anna Jay goes, yes, he has. And then about yeah. five minutes later, deletes the tweet. Right. <laughs> or, or there's a reference on BT or something, but they're, yeah, they're, it's totally different. So I, I just want to see him lean into it now and go that mm-hmm. direction. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was one of my questions. Another one, I did a poll on our Twitter account and it didn't get as much feedback. It didn't get as much feedback as I was hoping, but now. All of AW's big events, their big pay-per-views, have had trilogies. Double or nothing, we ran three of them so far. Okay. Uh, full gear, three, or all all out, three of them. Full gear, three of them. And now Revolution, three of them. Which trilogy, trilogy in your opinion, has been the best? Ooh. Which is tough, because they've each, each had some good moments. Some have had some bad moments. You know... I think I'm going to go with uh, double or nothing. I agree. Um, every time it's delivered. I mean, we've seen people who we didn't know were going to debut, debut and drop people on top of poker chips. We've seen people go through lights. We've seen people go through barbed wire. We didn't have exploding rings that didn't explode on uh, double or nothing. So double or nothing is, is my go-to. So oh, yeah, I mean, Cody and Dustin's, 2019 is one of my favorite matches. Bucks and the Lucha Bros were awesome that night. Mox debuting again with after the Jericho and and Omega main event. Um, Then 2020, you know, during the pandemic, we get the first stadium stampede. We get Brody Lee and Mox, which was awesome. Then this, then uh, in 2021 was the first AEW show with a with a full crowd in over a year. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one's delivered every time. I mean, I mean, all all out. See, I about said all in. All out uh, 2020, 2021 was awesome. But um, 2020 wasn't so so much for me. I mean, it was the big Sammy Guevara, Matt Hardy spot. 
kind of took everything away from that show. Um, 2019's was good. Full gear, you can make a case for full gear. You, you really could, can. you could. I'd say probably Jericho one of and Cody, Jericho and Cody were. That was that was a really good match, and then you had the lights out, Moxley and Omega. That was fun. Um, and then then uh, in 2020, you had FTR, the Bucks, uh, Eddie Kingston and Moxley. Um, and then and then 2021, um, you had Hangman mm-hmm. over over. Uh, Kenny, so yep. that was pretty good. When in Revolution, I honestly, if it wasn't for the blunder of the exploding barbed wire match, that probably would have been my pick. But that was so bad that that took away that uh, everything they did for the uh, tw- Revolution twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, yeah, but Double or Nothing has delivered every single time. Uh, I cannot wait for this year's Double or okay. Nothing. Yeah, so, back to Vegas where it belongs. Big arena, yes. T-Mobile arena. I just thought it was interesting because you honestly can make a case for almost everyone. You could, you could, you yeah. could. But yeah. my go-to is double or nothing. Yep. Um, Scott Hall passed away um, a couple weeks ago now. Um, and I know I've asked you this in the past, but I don't remember your answer. Uh, NWO, there was supposedly some plans for them to do some stuff at WrestleMania, but that was before Scott passed away. Don't know if that's still going to happen or not. Were you back in the day during WCW? Were you more NWO black and white or were you Wolfpack? Black and white. Okay. Black and white. See, my thing is um, I was good with the Outsiders and Hogan as NWO. Uh, But once you started adding Bischoff and everybody else and see, those three had a great storyline with Sting. That's why we get the Sting that we see now. Um, so, yeah, I just, I got to go black and white. No, I mean, they were the hottest thing going, 96, 97. Then they screwed up Starcade 97, which was just there on a silver platter. I don't know how you screw that up. And that was the, oh, I mean, that probably was the start of the downfall in WCW, but I go to Starcade 98 with the um, cattle prod and then the finger point of doom, poke of doom in night, early 99. That, for me, was the downfall. But, um but yeah, it's. I was more Wolfpack growing up. I liked them both. Okay, I, I was more Wolfpack. I just thought they were cool. Big, 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 sexy Kevin Nash was one of the coolest guys out there. And then uh, I don't know, Sting. Sting being the Wolfpack was always kind of weird to me. But, yeah, you do this whole like huge program, almost a year or more. I don't know. It, it's, it, it, it honestly, I know WCW two thousand was a train wreck, and then the company ended up going out of business in two thousand one, but. I uh, I've been going down a rabbit hole lately and watching some WCW 2000. Believe it or not, I think the silver and black the NWO silver and black actually had some decent legs to it. It just everything else was so bad. Okay. So that's and that was before Bret Hart had to call it a career. So yeah, he had Bret Hart, Kevin Nash, Scott Steiner, Jeff Jarrett. Not too bad looking back no. on it, but no, I mean it was uh, they were a dying breed at that point. WCW was so. Mm-hmm. All, right, all right, a few few more questions, and I'll let you go because I right. already ran farther than I thought. Are you going to watch WrestleMania this weekend? It's still up in the air. Part of me wants to watch Saturday. Yes, um, but if I do, that's all it's going to be is Saturday. Yeah, um, I will not watch Sunday. I have looked at night two, and there's not a single match on that card that looks anywhere near intriguing to me. I think the Brock. Roman match will be fun. 
but I think Roman's going to go over. Um, yeah. But I think, I think, I mean, that's going to be a fun match, I think. But night one, I'm intrigued in the Rollins surprise because I, I think it's going to be Cody Rhodes. Unless he shows up at ROH Friday. No, I wouldn't get <laughs> If he doesn't show up at Mania, he's showing up Monday night at, at Raw, the, the mm-hmm. Raw after, which would make sense. Because I honestly think, I think I might be crazy. I think that might be Roman's first challenger after WrestleMania. I think they're going to put him right in the title picture because he could never do it in AEW. <laughs> and I think they're going to uh, present him just like they did in AEW. If I'm WWE, here's how I present Cody Rhodes. I bring him in as the guy who wanted to leave to uh, bring pro wrestling back. Mm-hmm. Put it in, make it in a better, better than, than it was. And he did that. Now he's coming back home to make WWE better than it was. That's how I present it. I think it's easy. Yeah. Will they do that? I don't know. But it's Vince. I know. I know. I just think this is a major opportunity for WWE. They can't afford to screw this up. They screwed if, this up with Cody Rhodes. A lot of talent from AEW is not going on in the future. They hit it out of the park with them. It might open some doors for other guys in AEW. Hey, worked for Cody. Maybe I'm going to jump over there. If they bring Cody in and put him as mid-card after the I U.S. or Intercontinental, it, they're never going to get anybody from AEW. I don't. I, I think they have to book him strong like AEW did in, in, in yep. main event pictures. I think you have to. And um, So I'm intrigued by that. I might tune in for that. And in the KO show is Stone Cold. I mean, oh, the, yeah, biggest, Stone Cold. the biggest the biggest wrestling act of all time. It's Stone Cold. Right. So I, I could care less about Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Um, Again. Even Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair do, doesn't do a whole lot for me personally. But I don't watch WWE on a regular basis anymore. So um, I don't know. I just I haven't missed a Mania since 2011. So. That was hey. Atlanta of uh, that was Mania 20, two, 27 with Cena, Miz, and then the Rock interfering to Mania. But that was the last one I did not watch. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing you can watch it for a Saturday night and say, Hey, I watched Mania. Or right. it could be so terrible you go, I didn't watch Mania. <laughs> right. right, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm more looking forward to the ROH show on Friday, to be honest. Oh, yeah. But, Me too. Me too. But, um, one more question. Speaking of Mania, what is your favorite all-time WrestleMania match? Ooh, that's rough. Or or some matches, I guess. Man, you're just you're shooting well, from the hip tonight. I mean, let's throw out the one that that's the, seems to be the common answer from Lopi. WrestleMania 25, Shawn Michaels Undertaker, first time. Okay, yeah, that's a lot of people's favorite. Dark versus good. Light versus dark, whatever it was. Unbelievable match. Yes, the second one yes, was good too, was. Six, but it wasn't as good. Um, see, I got a match that comes to mind, but here's the problem. I don't know if it was a Mania match or if it was something else, but it sticks out in my mind so well that I'll call it a Mania match what, what one way was or that? the other. I might be able to help here. Triple H versus Undertaker. Sean as special guest referee in Hell in a Cell. That was Hell in a Cell, WrestleMania 28 down in Florida. Okay, so see, there you go. Yep, there yep, you the go. End of an era match. That was a good one. The the super kick from Sean, in the pedigree, and the kick out by Undertaker was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Best kick out in wrestling history, in my opinion. Yes, yes. So yeah, that uh, Brett, was... Brett Hart, Stone Cold, WrestleMania thirteen, the uh, the the Blood of the Stone match. That's a good one. Um. 
uh, Stone Cold and The Rock. 17 was, was a good one. Even 19 I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, one main event, WrestleMania, that I did not think was going to be good, and it was one of the best, was the triple threat at 20. Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit, and Triple H. Okay. I did not think that was going to be good. That was a pretty good match, pretty yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. I've always... Yeah. I was a big Randy Orton fan growing up. Um, still like Randy Orton. Still think he's one of the best talents there is. But WrestleMania 21, him and The Undertaker. I've always enjoyed that match a lot. Um, I thought that was a really underrated match. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a big lot of good name ones. like Randy Orton, yet look at him. He's stuck mid card in a tag. I know. I know. Picture. Yeah, I know. I know. I. That's what concerns me with Cody going back. Uh, they won't You've do got that a name first, like Randy. I yeah. mean, I think Randy will have one more big title run in him at some point, but he's getting I up keep, there. Yeah, I keep thinking that, and then they just switch gears as they start putting him in that picture. So there, there have been WrestleMania, WrestleMania thirty. I mean, The Brock and Undertaker, Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan, the whole storyline that that night was fun. Um, one match they really screwed up, I thought, was a couple of years ago. I don't remember which WrestleMania was off the top of my head. AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. That should have been a knock it out of the park match, and it under delivered so dang bad, mm-hmm. so bad. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's always it's fun to look back on. It's fun to go back and watch old manias. That's one thing I do enjoy about the network on Peacock. So, okay. Someday we'll be able to go back and watch all double or nothings and, and all outs and full gears and revolutions and enjoy those too. ROHs and. Yeah, the whole library. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Look forward to doing that someday. Me too. Me too. Well, Tanner, any final thoughts for tonight's episode? No, I think I've talked enough. Uh, <laughs> episode was fun. Looking forward to Rampage Friday night. Looking forward to ROH Friday night. Um, sounds like Jonathan Gresham's going to be signing a contract with AEW slash ROH. So that's going to be fun. He's going to be in the main event. Tony Khan's kind of teased something big for the end of the show. So, uh, We'll have, to, we'll have to check that out. Uh, Briscoe's versus FTR is going to be fun. Been waiting for that for months. Um, there'll be a lot of good stuff going on. Dynamite should be good next week. So, great time to be a pro wrestling fan. That's what, even if you're a WWE fan, hey, that's okay. Watch what you want to watch. There's so m- many entertaining uh, promotions putting on shows this weekend. Have a ball. Watch what you like. Let's just enjoy pro wrestling. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Go enjoy what you enjoy. This is your wrestling weekend. I don't care what promotion you're with. Like you said, go watch wrestling. It's yep. everywhere this weekend. Yep. yep. Uh, so with that, be sure to follow Kicking Out Podcast on all social media at Kicking Out Pod. Don't forget to check out our two different merch stores. We got our Pro Wrestling Tea store, which uh, has some very special edition shirts up there exclusive can we say exclusive exclusive? yeah we'll go exclusive i couldn't think of that word at the time and then of course we've got our kop merchandise store which can be found in the link of or the bio of all of our uh, social media accounts don't forget to use promo code madness there we go n-e-s-s all caps for free shipping through Oh, I don't remember the date off the top. It's the middle of April. I don't remember the date off the top of my head. Is it the 13th? 13th or 15th? That sounds right. I I do not know off the top of my head, but uh, free shipping on any order. All right. There you go. And uh, be sure to follow Tanner Lee on all social media at Tanner Lee 92. 
Be sure to follow the best KOP predictions champion in history on all social media. That's me, at Paul Zartman921. And for Tanner Lee, I'm Paul Zartman. Join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast.